I'm just so honored to see each of you. Your heart's going to be so happy today and blessed and refreshed today. I greet all of you watching on live streams, wherever you're at. God loves you completely where you're at as well. So we don't need to be nervous about nothing, even though the world's filled with pain, headache, heartache. The world's systems, notice the world's systems don't seem to have any answers for anything. But we are in the kingdom of God's dear son. Hallelujah. We are in the Father's family and we live in a different world and a different world view. We are in the Father's family. And so we're going to just look at some things today to encourage and refresh your heart. And uh, hopefully these are things we can uh, put into practice in our lives and be really, really abundantly blessed. I was uh, telling Pastor Brenda last night, she was uh, telling me after I told her I had a flight and could get here. Uh, she said she had a wonderful word just ready for you all today. And so I asked her for her notes. Uh, I said, I will be the delivery boy and I will give you all the credit. But she did not trust me with her message. It's, it's for another time. So I was at the Burbank airport this morning having church. Glory. Hallelujah. And the Lord put something in my heart. I know it's going to bless you. Abundantly praise the Lord. You know, I've noticed in life, uh, sometimes God wants to give you what you need before He grants you what you want. Let me say that again. Sometimes God needs to give you what you need before He grants you what you want. And the Bible teaches, Jesus said, He'll give you the desires of your heart. So He wants to give you what you want. But sometimes you're not positioned for you what you want until you know how to receive what you really need. There's a different positioning for our lives spiritually to really gain what we have access to. And you know, Jesus even talked about that he wants us to ask. He wants us to receive so that our joy can be full. Now, I don't know of any other place on the planet that really has a revelation of the joy of the Lord like your pastors, very, very gifted and equipped in ministering the beauty, you know, like uh, uh, Pastor Mark, I call him Dr. Joy, you know, and, and, and Pastor Brenda, what gifts to the body of Christ to bring a message that's so necessary right now, yeah. every day of our lives. But uh, I wrote something down in my church service this morning at the Burbank airport. Let me see what I said, because I wrote it on my phone. Uh, let me see if I can read it. Let me get my glasses on. Here's what I wrote down. You're receiving uh, what God has for you is attached to your joy increasing. Receiving is, is attached to increasing joy. But sometimes you, you, you don't gain what you really, uh, really want until God really, you know, seeds and plants in you what he thinks you need what he thinks you need. So let, let me explain what I mean. You can follow along with me in your Bible. I have my Bible today. hope you have your Bible as well or your digital Bible verses uh, as well may be on the screens. So let's follow along. Let's go to Mark's Gospel chapter 2. Are you all glad you're here? Yeah. Hallelujah. Mark's Gospel chapter 2. Let's just read this story beginning in verse 1. And again, Jesus entered Capernaum after some days and it was heard that he was in the house. Jesus was in the house. 
Immediately many gathered, many, many, many gathered. So news of the Lamb of God, news of Jesus, the Messiah man, had, had, been, uh, had been communicated, had talked about. So many gathered, so there was no longer a room to receive the people, uh, not even near the door, and Jesus preached the word to them. I, I think that's always the go-to thing in lives. If you want any type of help or hope, you need the foundation of the word. You need the word. The word has to be your priority in everything. So it goes on to say, And they came to Jesus, bringing a paralyzed man who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near Jesus because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where Jesus was. And when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralyzed was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins be forgiven you. Now think with me just for a moment. I like the creativity of these guys who were carrying with him. Carrying this man. I don't know if the man wanted the miracle as much as the guys carrying him. It's something about a mutual faith. When you gather in the heart with somebody and can enter into the passion of what they need. And you put them in a place where they can gain what they really want. And it's always where the word's working. It's always where Jesus is present and his power is accessible. But you know what's fascinating to me is he didn't come for forgiveness of sins. He, he, he wasn't looking for that. He was looking for healing. The dude's paralyzed. But Jesus gave him what he needed before he granted him what he wanted. See, sometimes Jesus needs to interrupt your thinking because sometimes I think we don't gain what we need because we refuse to understand what Jesus really wants us to have, which is foundational for new covenant living, and it's foundational for receiving what we want. So Jesus gave him what he needed before he granted to him what he wanted. So Jesus said, your sins be forgiven you. Notice, Jesus didn't say, you're a, you're a rascal. You're a loser. You're a big time professional sinner. You need to confess to me all your sins. You need to repent of everything you didn't. No, Jesus didn't go there. Jesus made an announcement. You know, the gospel of the kingdom of God is an announcement. It's announcement not of what you have to do, but it's announcement of what Jesus has done. Jesus announced your sins be forgiven you. That shocked me. Huh? You know, I think of, uh, I was, uh, this morning I drove to the Burbank airport. I left my house at, at 6 to get there and find a place to park my car and get a bus over to the, uh, you know, the terminal. And, and uh, so the, this beautiful guy was uh, taking me in this shuttle bus this morning. And he was talking about, you know, just the chaos of our world and the wars and the pain and the pressure all over, all over the planet, you know. And uh, then, of course, he got talking about gas prices down in Southern California, over $6 or whatever. Some over 7 in certain places. And he was talking about he had a pickup truck that was a dually. Is a, what's that, like double wheels in the back or something? Is that what that is? I didn't know. I, I acted like I knew what it was, but I really didn't. I really didn't. <laughs> But but it was a it was a big truck, you know, and he was saying it had got like seven miles to the gallon. And so he was going on and on about this. And I was listening. I said, yeah, it's it's uh, our world's upside down. You know, world systems can't seem to help, uh, uh, you know, the, the pain and the heartache all, wh- wherever people are planted. And uh, so um, 
I just said to him, the good news for me is I woke up today and I raised a hallelujah. And he looked kind of in the rearview mirror at me like, you're, 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 you're kind of different, you know. I said, yeah, I got I to gotta live in a different system where I'm connected to a different power source. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I said a couple of things, just announcing things to him. Didn't tell him he had to change, do this, do that. I just, and announced blessing to him. And, you know, he was, he was pretty colorful in his conversation. In fact, his, his color commentary is something I can't do in the church. Hallelujah. But he had this color commentary about the pain and headache of life. But I pronounced blessing to him. And it stunned him. I said, you have a blessed life. You have access to everything you need. And he looks at you. Now, think about Jesus. This dude's paralyzed. He's, he's born by four. They, they tear through the roof. They let the dude down. And Jesus says, your sins be forgiven you. And the guy's probably thinking, I didn't come here for that. But see, sometimes Jesus wants to give you what you need. Before he grants you what you want. You say, Keith, why is that so important? I'm glad you asked. You you can keep your finger. Ah, just lose the place. Go with me over to Hebrews. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. The writer of Hebrews. Most people think the Apostle Paul. Or many theologians, I should say, think the Apostle Paul. He talks about what this whole new covenant system, you know, Jesus, Jesus kind of reworked the whole thinking of, of, of religious worldviews of how to relate to the Father. Because Jesus created a space for you in the Father in himself and through himself. So this chapter talks about what this whole new covenant is about. And notice what it says down in verse 12. He speaks, and this, of course, is a quote from the Old old Covenant, but announcing what Jesus is going to do. And it says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, let me ask you something. Do you have the faith to believe that? That your sins are forgiven by God and forgotten by God? See, unless you can believe that and walk daily in the revelation of that, you will live with sin consciousness. And when you live with sin consciousness, you're always under condemnation. It's the ministry of death. And you're always thinking about what you did wrong. And you're always thinking, I can't draw near. I've been an idiot in the last 24 hours. I've sinned a lot. I've said things I shouldn't have said. I did things I shouldn't do. I'm such a terrible Christian example. I can't gain what I need. Condemnation keeps you up. But the Bible teaches there is therefore now. No condemnation. No condemnation to those who are in Christ. Full stop. Can you believe it? It's astonishing. Jesus wanted this paralyzed man to believe his sins were forgiven independent of his personal assistance or help. In other words, he did not require the sins to be forgiven based on the man's capacity to feel sorry for the sin 
or to even acknowledge the sin or even to confess the sin or even to repent of the sin. Jesus made an announcement because there's certain things you need before he grants you what you want. Your, I'm preaching good now. Listen, your sins be forgiven you. See, I think the kingdom of God for a new covenant believer is declarations and announcements. Pastor Tom talked about it. Go buy your house paid in full. Decree things over. Announce the news of the truth of a new covenant man or a new covenant woman. What we have in Christ, declare it. Decree it. So Jesus said, your sins be forgiven you. And then in the story, we could go back there, but listen, I'll just tell you the story. In the story, back in Mark chapter 2, Jesus said, rise up and walk. <laughs> That's what he came for. He came for healing, but Jesus didn't give him, Jesus did not grant him what he wanted until he gave him what he needed. Because your whole mindset uh, to receive from the Father, you know, you have access by faith, the Bible teaches, into the grace of God, which is where unmerited favor flows, and the sufficiency and the ability of God exists. You have access by faith into this grace, wherein you're standing. You're established there. But what you need to know first is you're the righteousness of God in Christ, independent of your own capacity to do right. Independent of your own capacity to be right. That the righteousness of God that you now possess was nothing but gifted to you. Now you say, Keith, why are you saying this to me? Because I'm going to tell you little stories about my, my, my little pain points in life. Okay, uh, I wish I could tell you I'm a perfect model Christian in every way. But I'm going to tell you that. But if Heidi was here, she might tell you a different story. That's why we're not letting her testify this morning. Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you, I'm, I'm housed. I have a treasure, but it's an earthen vessel. I'm born of God. I'm born of the Spirit. But sometimes my flesh fails under pressure. I know none of you can understand. But this is... When there's certain things I, I want from God, I always reestablish in what he wants for me. My sins are forgiven. In other words, when I'm sick, I recently I've been going to a, a chiropractor like a couple of weeks ago, every day of the week, you know, because I had terrible back pains and, and uh, sciatica problems and, and everything. But I'm the healed, hallelujah. But anyway... <laughs> So they were giving me adjustments and this, that, and the other and trying to get the pain out of my life. But, you know, instead of gaining what I wanted, I, I focused on what God thought I needed. Which is the revelation, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Every time I'm sick, I focus first. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. My sins are forgiven. My sins are forgotten. The, the blood in the, in, in the context of the... the the, the, the Greek language, it's continuously working. It's like, it's like a washing machine. It's like you go through life in a car wash. Hallelujah. In all the pain points, in all the messes, the blood speaks on my behalf. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Now I'm positioned to receive because faith functions.
and you're not, you're, not, you're not plundering your mindset through a flesh worldview. You have a mindset that's based on being in Him. Give the Lord a shout, somebody. Hallelujah. This, this to me is what's beautiful. This is what's powerful. Jesus gave the man what he needed with a declaration. So he could give him what he wanted. So take time to tell yourself the truth that Jesus has told you. And the way you know what Jesus has told you is, is you just look at what Jesus has done. Because what he did for one, he did for everyone. Like Pastor Tom said, there's no respect to a person for nothing. Hallelujah. He's ever faithful. He's a good, good father. He really, really is. So your sins and lawless deeds, I will remember no more. That's, this, that's a verse. If you want a new memory verse for the week or for the month or for the year, memorize that one. If you can just get that one deep in your spirit, when there's anything you want to establish yourself in the revelation first. I'm a new covenant person. As broken as I am, as as many sins as I've committed or as many mistakes that I've done, my sins and my lawless deeds are forgiven and they're forgotten. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. This is like uh, a lot of times I'll lay, lay in bed, you know, even when I was having trouble with my back and in, in, uh, my sciatica nerve and all these things. And I listened to little songs. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. A brand new creation in Him. I can now approach the presence of God with no condemnation or sin. And get up and do a dance. Hallelujah. Listen. But no, you have to tell yourself what Jesus has told you. This is what he wants you to have before he gives you what you, you know, before he grants you really what you want. Hallelujah. He gives you what you need. Your sins, your lawless deeds are forgiven and forgotten. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. You all still glad you're here? Look at here, precious friend. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. <laughs> All right, look at this. The Bible says, Paul writes to the church, he says, in him, in Jesus, we have, we have. In Jesus, believer, you have. In Jesus, you have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. According to your confession and your sorrow and your repentance and your, no, according to one thing, the riches of his grace. You have to announce that now. You, 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 have to, you, you have to like be the bus driver and be surprised with something coming into your system to shake you out of a worldview that's, that's attached to your capacity or your effort. Because Jesus wants to give you what you need before he grants you what you want. And to gain what you want. A lot of times people don't gain what they want because they refuse to receive what they need. They don't believe it. They're full of self-righteousness. Let me, let me, let me show you what I mean by proving it in, in, a, in a Bible story. Go with me, if you would, to Matthew 23. Matthew 23. Jesus preaches one of his fiery messages, you know, <laughs> to all the religious people. You know, self-righteous 
people, people who don't know how to humble themselves, the righteousness is of their own capacity. They're self-righteous. And Jesus, he, he, he slams them. Read his whole message. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he really, he talks about everybody. You know, self-righteousness is just a, a, an insecurity for your own brokenness. It's all it is. That's why I, 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 I love nothing but dependence. It's when I'm strongest. So even in the brokenness of these goody two-shoe folk, (laughs) Jesus addressed their arrogance, their self-sufficiency, their hypocrisy, their forms of religion, their brokenness, their sin. They would say one thing and do another. They would load people up and then not lift a finger to help nobody or nothing. They like the approval of men. They like to be liked. They wanted to have the best everything. They wanted to be noticed. They wanted to be greeted. And it says they were blind guides. Well, we have a lot of blind guides today. In the world systems of men. We have blind guides. And it says they, they do not know it. They don't recognize it. They don't see it. They're blind guides. They're guiding the whole world and they're blind because the lamb is not in the equation. So this is what Jesus says kind of at the conclusion of his teaching. Matthew 23, verse 37. I'm just going to pull up one little phrase up there. It says, how often I wanted to gather your children together. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen would gather her chicks under her wings But you were not willing. What is Jesus' uh, remedy for, for, for this kind of brokenness in your life or my life or our world? What is, what is the remedy? The remedy is he wants to give you what you need before he grants you what you want. And you know what you need? You need to know you're in Christ. He wants to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. You ever see, I grew up in Michigan, you know, we had, we had chickens running around. I lived out in the country, little farm boy. But, you know, uh, you ever see a little hen with chicks and the, the chicks run under the wings, the wings drop? It's, it's a picture of being in Christ. When Jesus said his desire for you is for you to see everything from being in him. That's his desire for you. But look at the next phrase says. But you were not willing. The old King James says, but you would not. You know, prideful, self-sufficient righteousness keeps you at a distance. And you don't really gain what God has for you. Because you don't know how to receive the righteous position that's just gifted. He wants to gather you. He wants to embrace you with grace. He wants to embrace you with love. 
He wants to embrace you with his sufficiency. He wants to embrace you with his life. He wants to embrace you with his wisdom. But you would not. Notice Jesus uh, gave uh, an, an invitation. Jesus asked them to comply. But, but he, he didn't mandate it. You know, we live in a world where everything's mandated. You know, otherwise you lose your job. You did it, did it, whatever, you know. Everything's no Jesus done, the kingdom of God's dear son does not operate that way. Jesus invites you to comply, but he did not mandate it. He invites you to find yourself in him, to gather in Christ. In Christ is the only place you know your sins have been forgiven and your lawless deeds, he will remember no more. There is no more condemnation. There's no more fear. There's no more worry about nothing. There's no more anxiety. But you would not. You would not. What if that paralyzed guy let down through the roof and Jesus said, Your sins be forgiven you? What if the guy said, Hey, I, 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 I don't, it's not what I'm here for. Let's get to the business of what I'm here for. He, he, he didn't know how to receive. But, you know. Jesus was, but you would not. You, you, don't, you don't gain what you want until you really receive what he wants. He wants you in him. He wants that to be your only worldview of you. Gathered in Christ. God's solution for every pain point in life is to gather in him. I received a note this last two weeks. We've been putting in... Um, power supply systems on our international campuses for our mission organization. So we bought this huge generator for the Philippines because all these places around, nobody has, nobody has power. Nobody has, nobody has uh, consistent power. You get two hours, then it's done. And 10 hours later, you get two hours more or whatever. So we're trying to have generators or solar systems or whatever. So in the Philippines, we bought this big generator and had it installed. And uh, I should have brought a picture just to show you. And then we had a, in, the, in, in Lebanon, we put solar panels up in big battery packs so we can have a charge. Because you need the power, right? It's like the brother this morning with the dually. <laughs> you know, it's, it's probably pretty painful to, to fill that kind of a truck at seven miles a gallon you don't want to go nowhere huh? You, unless you have power but see you and I as believers were connected to the power we're in him in the revelation that your sins are forgiven your sins have been forgotten that is the work of the cross that is the work of Jesus and Jesus said I, I always wanted to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks so your worldview is not you. Your worldview is me. But you're not willing. I will invite you to comply. I'll not mandate it. You have freedom. You have freedom. See, this is why, in, like I was telling you, in my little world of pain points that I have, whether it's, you know, like I was telling you, a sciatic problem or a back problem or whatever problem. Even I remember when I had COVID a year ago. I tell you, I, I would just fill my mindset with what I knew Jesus wanted for me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. 
And then from that, I would flow out into prayers and declarations of my healing and wholeness and well-being. And Jesus, of course, raised me up in his kindness to me. But you know what? The, the, the thing is, you, you, there's, there's a confidence that Jesus is doing it all. I don't got to figure nothing out. Jesus is the full supply. And it's a beautiful thing. Jesus always wants to give you freedom in life. But he wants you to comply in him. And that's where you really are embraced. When you're in the, uh, the position where the mama hen drops the wings. It's, man's all, all's well. We're comfortable here. This is good. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And this is what scripture even tells so many stories of. Remember uh, the prodigal son. In Luke 15, in that chapter, there's three things lost. There's a lost coin, there's a lost sheep, and there's a lost son. Actually, there were two lost sons. One was in the house, one was out of the house. But they're both lost, distant from the truth of the father's love. But you know, technically, uh, when you're lost, it means you belong. From the father's perspective, no, you're, you're part, the lost coin. You know, I don't think about money this morning that was never mine. Like before I came in here, I took my wallet out of my back pocket because it, it bothers my sciatica nerve. And I put it in my little backpack that I carried on the plane. But um, if I go out there and my wallet's not there, I'll say it's a lost wallet because it belonged to me. But I don't think about your wallet. Because it never belonged to me. See, something that's lost had to belong. It's proof of ownership. See, when you think you're lost, when you think you're at a distance, it's proof you belong to Jesus. And all you have to do is comply. You just have to yield yourself and take the invitation to know your sins are forgiven. Your lawless deeds are forgiven and they're remembered no more. Have that foundation in your spirit. There's no more condemnation. There's no more. For- it's astonishing. It's like, can it be? Like the dude, the, the guy driving me today. When I told him he's blessed, he looked at me like, can it be? How can it be? How, how can you be happy when everybody's so sad? How can you have a a declaration of blessing when everybody's being cursed? No, you and I have access to everything we need in Christ. Jesus wants to give you what you want before he grants you. I mean, Jesus will give you what you need before he grants you what you want. So in that story of uh, that third story in Luke 15 about the prodigal son, Luke fifteen twenty. Look at look at it here real quick. He arose and came to his father. This is the boy. But when he was yet a great far off, his father saw him and had compassion, because the father knew he belonged. And the father ran. The boy the boy was slow poking at home, but the father ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. See, when you don't comply to the father's heart and home for you, your actions you know, can kind of change the way you think about yourself. 
But from the father's point of view, you're still, you, you, you've always belonged. You're still a son. You're still a daughter. Just gather in Christ. Turn around. Come home. Walk slow if you have to. But I tell you, the love of God will run for you and grip you and grab you. Uh, in your daily job, somebody will say something that will bring you to your knees and you say, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, because your sins have been forgiven. Your lawless deeds, he remembers no more. It's a beautiful thing. You begin to agree with God's love for you. It's the most powerful way to repent because it's a changed mind. This adjustment in your thinking empowers you to resist all the nasty pig pins of life in the world system and allows you to live in the truth of your sonship. You are in Christ. You're in the family. Look at John chapter 12, verse 32. John 12, verse 32. Jesus said this, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, speaking of the cross, I will draw all men to myself. Jesus gathers everybody. From his worldview, he's gathered everyone and everything. It's amazing to me. Now, we don't hardly... That's like a hard thought to really think on. But you have to really meditate. He said he'll draw... All to himself. It's a beautiful thing. That's why I have confidence when people re- reject my preaching or teaching or testifying. Or I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't live as nervous as I always used to, thinking everything's up to me, that I've got to talk somebody into something. I don't got to talk nobody into nothing. Hallelujah. Huh? All I do is announce the news. Your sins are forgiven you. Rise up and walk. No, Jesus is doing all the work. He's drawing everybody everywhere to himself. It's his job. <laughs> I get to announce the news. It's beautiful. Look at Ephesians 1. Verse 10. You all still having a good time? Yes. Look at Ephesians 1.10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather. Everybody say gather. gather. So what Jesus wanted to do, he wanted to gather us. It says he's going to gather together in one all things in Christ. Where's the location? In Christ. It's the hand with the wings dropped. Both which are in heaven and which are in earth in him. He's going to gather it all. That's why I like to, I like to yield. I like to, when, when I'm invited, I like, to, I like to comply. And I don't like to be arrogant like, uh, like all the religious goody two-shoes, self-sufficient, you know, prideful, arrogant how often would I invite you to gather in me, but you are not willing? May that never be a testimony of the brother. May this guy be tender. <laughs> I don't want to have any self-sufficiency in my own capacity for nothing. I like to find myself in Christ. Because that's when I gain everything I need. It's a beautiful thing. Look at Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 4. This book's about Jesus loving the church. It's not about human love. It's about Jesus' love for the church, for the body. You ought to read it in that light and find the absolute passion, raw emotion of the grace of God. It's magnificent. It says, He brought me to the banqueting table, and His banner over me was love. He gathers us at the table. It's a beautiful thing. And so you should find yourself at the table. Last night, Heidi and I went to uh, 
a little a dinner with some friends and uh, we could go back into a restaurant and it was, the restaurant was full and thought, man, this is kind of cool. There's human beings in the restaurant and we can eat, you know. And so we were just at fellowship and having a good time. And I had, uh, realized Pastor Mark, Pastor Brenda had called me uh, then and I was too busy having a good time to take their call. Hallelujah. Anyway, I, I didn't, didn't get it. So when I got home, I oh, man, they, they called. And that's when I called him and, and uh, was invited to be with you. But, you know, what I did at the restaurant with the friends and what I do a lot of times, and you don't need necessarily grape juice. Do, do, do whatever, uh, you know, water, whatever, you, you know, your, your soda, whatever you have. But let's have communion. Let's tell ourselves the truth. We are redeemed in this mess of this world system. We are in the kingdom of God's dear son. And you know what? All of our sins have been forgiven. And all of our sins have been forgotten. I'm going to establish my heart in what Jesus knows I need. So he can grant me what I want. And when he grants me what I want, he said, my joy increases. My joy is full. Hallelujah. And who doesn't need a little joy in this earth world system? You need a joy when you pull into the gas station, right? You're sitting there ready to turn and say, oh, God, help me. Hallelujah. You're at the gas pump and you put that debit card or whatever in, credit card. You, oh, Lord, God, hallelujah. Fill the thing. No, but to, to get the joy of the Lord. I'm the righteousness of God, huh? And then all you do is preach to yourself what Pastor Tom preached to you. Talk about the seed. Hallelujah. It's greater than the need. Hallelujah. And it meets the need. So gather at the table. Take communion. Look at Genesis 7, verse 16. When, when this is a picture of Jesus gathering the ark, really. So all those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God commanded him, and the Lord shut the door. God gathered male and female of all flesh to reveal covenant love. Jesus is your ark of safety. Jesus is your gathering place. He is. It's a beautiful thing. Psalm chapter 91, verses 1 and 2. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide, shall abide under the shadow or the wings of the chick, though shall be in Christ, the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God in Him, in Him, in Him I'm going to trust. Why? Because all my sins have been forgiven. All my sins have been forgotten. I have a perfect redemption and He has perfected me. He Believes this is what I need so I can gain what I want. You have to be established in new covenant mindset, otherwise, you're always you're always grasping. You're always striving. You're always measuring yourself. Stop measuring yourself. You're never gonna measure up. Isn't that exciting? Wasn't that encouraging? You're never gonna measure up. Your flesh is is flawed. There is no good thing in flesh expression. Hate to disappoint you. That's why you just take time and say hallelujah. And you, you find yourself in Christ. He's my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. This is the imagery of the hen and the chicks.
being in Christ. It's a beautiful thing. Jesus said, I longed to gather you, but you would not. We resist. You know, we're, 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 we're really resistant folk at times. If you have a carnal mindset, if you're trapped in worldview thinking, you'll resist. You'll resist. Thinking yourself, thinking that you're doing yourself a favor because, oh, I'm not going to be a weakling. I'm not going to be, you know, <laughs> like that visiting pastor who cries. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to cry, but you know what you have to do? You have to not resist the invitation. Not resist the invitation. You don't resist the invitation. He invited you. Say, let's rock and roll. Here I am. Hallelujah. Don't exhibit the same pride, arrogance, self-sufficiency of the religious people or the religious leaders. How do you gather in Christ? You come. Say, hey, I'm here. Cool. How, what, what do you do with the announcement? Your sins be forgiven you. Say, cool. Help me to believe it. Because this makes no sense to religious thinking. None. And I'm all around all these religious leaders who are mocking you, who thinking you're an absolute idiot. They, in fact, the story said they got mad. You know, everybody gets mad at the pronouncements just of the pure finished work of Jesus. Because they want you to have skin in the game. Like I told you, I got none. But I find when I just come into him, I'm motivated in my flesh body to do spiritual things. Kingdom business. And I give myself to the work of the ministry. I'm addicted to it, like the Bible talks about. But it has nothing to do for approval of men or approval from God. It has to do, I love to announce the news. So what do you do? You come, then you yield. You rest. I've been working with somebody this last week. And bless their darling hearts. They're so self-sufficient, self-sufficient, self-sufficient in their thinking, in their worldview, in their patterns of life. And it's been so long and I can't get them to see it. They don't see it. But you know what the Bible says? God will resist the proud. He'll resist it. You got to come to a place where you yield and you believe and you receive. Go with me back to that uh, story real quick. Where was that? That was in, in Mark chapter. Well, let's go back first, though, to Matthew 23. Look at this. Matthew 23. I'm going to show you one of the verses. What time is it? Oh, it's 11. 28. Are you guys okay? Did I, did I preach too long yet? Are you all okay? Look at here. Uh, Matthew 23, verse 37. Jesus again said, How often would I gather you like a children would gather uh, to gather your, your children as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings? But you were not willing. In other words, pride, arrogance in the heart. Look at Jesus said, see, your house. You know, the Bible says that you're the house of God. Now, he's speaking generally in this context over the, over the people and the, the resistance of, of, of the community there. But what my purpose is to, to bring it to an individual mindset. See your house, you, 
are left desolate. Your house has left you desolate. That's pretty hopeless. You know, there's a lot of people, their whole family life is desolate. Their mindset is desolate. Their world is desolate. They think in nothing but brokenness and fear and revenge and retaliation and anger and I'm going to get you. Oh, draw back now. You're the beloved. If you can't comply without a mandate, if you can't put yourself in the presence to yield to the work of Jesus and call his work everything concerning you, you'll be desolate. And this is why it's important to me when I'm under pain, pressure, whether, whether it's my backache or just a, a, another challenge in life, because life has many for all of us, right? I always come to the place to establish myself in what Jesus says I need so I know I can gain what I want because it has nothing to do with my sufficiency and I don't want to be in a desolate position for my life, my marriage, my kids, my grandkids, my world, my calling, for anything. I want the will of God to be established and established strong in my life. Were you all blessed by the word today? Give the Lord a shout hallelujah. I tell you what, I, I just get so, so, so refreshed. And I'm going to gather. I'm going to gather in Christ. I'm going to just hang out in Him. That's my, that's my opinion. My opinion is an in Him announcement. My opinion. What do you think about this, Keith? My opinion is your sins be forgiven you. What is, what is your opinion, Keith, about this and that and the other? Rise up and be healed. Hallelujah. You're healed in Jesus' name. I'm going to announce the truth of the finished work of Jesus, the Lamb of God. And you know what? Those who have desolate lives, I'm always going to say, you know, friend, you can gather. You have an invitation to stop the mess, to get out of the chaos. If you can tenderize yourself, you won't feel like you're always at a resistance with what God has for you. You can receive everything he has. Put your hands on your heart. Father, these are your beautiful saints. These are all your kids. They belong to you. Father, there may be somebody in this sanctuary or watching online who feels like they're lost. They feel like they're away, they're apart. But Father, they're not lost unless they belonged. They belong in Christ. They belong. Friend, if you need Jesus today, just invite him. He invites you to be in him. And he invites you to receive him. That he can be in you. You can be in him. And you're one. It's a mystery. You know, it's not just preaching that Christ is to you, but really Christ is in you. Receive the revelation of the finished work of Jesus. Invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Just do it in the simplicity of this moment. Just say, Jesus, I receive your love. Fill me with yourself. Forgive me of all my sins. I believe my sin has been forgiven. My lawless deeds, they've been forgotten. God, help me to forget all the nonsense that I've done. Help me to forget all the pain that I've brought. Help me to comply in your love. Help me to rest in you. Help me to be loved. Help me to be secure. Thank you that I have the mind of Christ. Thank you the grace of God is strong in, in me. Friend, I speak over your lives right now in the name of Jesus. You can believe it if you want to.
But I announce to you exactly what Jesus announced. Your sins be forgiven you. There's nothing against you in God. The blood of Jesus speaks on your behalf. And the blood of the Lamb is flowing. Just swallow and say deep in your spirit, hallelujah. Call it your own truth and tell yourself that truth constantly. And if you can be established in what Jesus knows you need, I tell you, you'll be so tender, he's going to grant you what you want. Everything according to the covenant, he'll grant you what you want. Father, do a mighty work. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for freedom. Let people know they're the righteousness of God in Christ. And Father, I announce over every person within the sound of my voice, you're healed in Jesus' name. You're healed. You're whole. You're free in Jesus' name. Rise up in your healing. Rise up in your wholeness. Rise up in the power of the Spirit. You're blessed. You're whole. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you put people's lives together. You bring restoration where places seem like they're desolate. You fix things sovereignly, supernaturally, with sudden burst of wisdom and creative ideas. And Father, just uh, resources. Whatever the resource is needed, whether it's a friend, whether it's a, something physical, whether it's money, whatever the resource is, Father, supply it, I decree over these precious people. Father, we don't live disappointed in this disappointed world. We are in the kingdom of God's dear son, and we're going to announce decrees over everyone everywhere. And Father, you do the work and you gather them. You said you would gather us all in Christ. Holy Spirit, do your work. And Father, we just thank you for it. We bless you and give you praise. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Now give the Lord a shout of praise. Can you do that? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.